Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I would like you to open your Bibles, please, to 1 Kings chapter 17, and we're going to read from verse 2 through to verse 16. This is our foundational scripture for our lesson today. 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning with verse 2 through to verse 16. The title of my message this afternoon is Wisdom to Transition. Wisdom to Transition. The word transition means movement. It also means passage. It means to change from one position or stage to another. For instance, the transition from adolescence to adulthood. So that's what we will be focusing on this afternoon, on the wisdom of God that enables us to make a successful transition. I believe that God is at work behind the scenes and is doing something unique and something wonderful in the life of his church in our day, as we continue to experience this worldwide shaking taking place. I am firmly convinced, and it's important that we have eyes of faith, that we see and discern spiritually what God is at work at this present time. The reason being is that if we know what God is at work doing, we will comply we will align our hearts, our minds, and cooperate with His Spirit instead of resisting Him. Now, the accurate word, I believe, to describe what God is busy doing in our time right now through the, throughout this, this worldwide transition, the accurate word to describe it is the word transition. He is transitioning His church into spiritual maturity. That's my personal conviction, that he's taking us to places where we have not been before, that is spiritually and mentally, where, where we see things we have not seen before, where we understand things we have not understood before. And for this cause, more than ever, we need words of wisdom to help us to transition successfully. Now, I want you to look up a verse from the King James Version, if you would, please, in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10. Keep your finger in 1 Kings chapter 17, because we're going to go there. But also, I want you to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 10 
and verse 10 from the King James translation. I believe this verse is accurately translated from the King James Version. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 10 says, If the iron be blunt and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. That is what I want to focus on. The latter part of the verse says, wisdom is profitable to direct. Now, that is why I say that we need more than ever before the word of wisdom from God in directing us to places where we have not been before and experience things we have not experienced before because we are moving into spiritual maturity. I believe that this crisis we are facing right now is helping the church to transition quickly because there is no more time to waste. When a person becomes desperate, he is willing to do anything to alleviate himself from the crisis or from the pressure that is upon him. So we need to understand what God is doing in this crisis. And as I have said, begin to align our hearts and our minds with his mind and begin to flow with his spirit to places and to things that God has already prepared for us in the realm of the spirit. I also believe that there is a whole new mindset or a way of thinking which is being downloaded or given to the church right now that will change the way we think and the way we work. And we need to step into that new mindset by faith. We can only do that by faith, no other way. So, If you are being affected by this crisis in one way or another, financially, relationally, or otherwise, you need to stop and listen and take heed to the counsel the Holy Spirit is giving me to share with you this afternoon. God has promised us that he would provide for his people and protect us in all seasons from all forms of destructions if we are willing to obey his instructions. There is a condition that God will take care of you. He will protect you if you are willing to obey his instructions. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 17, God promises us, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Now, I want us to look at a situation Elijah found himself in during a time of severe crisis, which was brought about by a prolonged drought that devastated the land of Israel. Many people were dying of hunger. 
during those times, those years that there was no rain on the land. And Elijah was not immune to the famine or the situation his nation was going through, but he lived and he walked through this crisis into the other side. He, though, had to make some adjustments and he had to make some changes through the words of wisdom which the Lord gave him in order to survive and to sustain himself. After the, after the, the prophet prophesied by the word of the Lord that there will be no rain on the land for years, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And so let's pick it up from 1 Kings chapter 17 and begin to read from verse 2. 1 Kings chapter 17, I want you to read that from your own Bible as well. And verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward, and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went, and he did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And so she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Please notice how the Lord provided for his servant and sustained him during the years of famine. First, he instructed him to go and hide by the brook Cherith and remain there. There he was sustained supernaturally by ravens, bringing him bread and meat twice a day. 
Notice that it was by the word of wisdom that God directed him to go to a specific place. In the days that followed, the brook dried up and the raven stopped coming. And we need to understand that when our brook dries up, or when one channel of provision stops providing, you need to know and understand and believe that God has already prepared another way of supplying your needs. You need to know that deep down in your heart. We need not panic, but listen to the proceeding word of wisdom from God. James says that if any of us lack wisdom, let them ask of God who gives generously and it will be given if we ask in faith. Again, the word of the Lord came to him, directing him where to go. His very survival depended on the preceding word of the Lord. So all we need, regardless of the circumstances we may find ourselves in, is the now word of the Lord. Lord, what are you saying to me? Open my ears that I may hear the word of the Lord, the living word of God that is giving me direction and encouragement. So by the word of wisdom, we see the Lord transitioned Elijah from one place to another. And in the transition, he found sustenance and he found provision. I believe, and this is the word of God, that provision, protection, and whatever else we might need is found only in our ability to transition by the word of the Lord not necessarily physically or geographically, though not excluded, but primarily in our way of thinking and doing. This is very important. Our way of thinking and doing needs to change from time to time by the now or the preceding word of the Lord and adapt to what God is revealing to us both on a personal level as well as a church. What would have happened to Elijah if he remained where he was? Or what would have happened to him if he was not able to perceive or hear and receive the word of the Lord? I believe he would have died waiting for the ravens to bring him food or staying by the dried up brook. That's what would have happened. Provision for Elijah and provision for you and me is found where we are told to go, whether spiritually or physically. The Lord will often do this. He will often redirect us. He will often realign us and reposition us in order to reprovision us. I remember this many years ago when I was in the Orthodox Church and began my ministry in the Orthodox Church. There came a time that the word of the Lord came to me, calling me to transition and move out of the Orthodox. If I had stayed there, I believe I would have dried up and died spiritually. So the Lord does this often with us. That's why we need to be sensitive to the word of the Lord 
And when, when God speaks, we need to perceive what he's saying and begin to move and flow with what he's saying to us. I personally believe that there are many of us in the church who are stuck. What do I mean by stuck? They have been in the same place for a long, long time. Some of us are stuck spiritually. Others are stuck emotionally. Others mentally and others financially. No progress. No growth. Not experiencing new things. Not hearing new things from the Lord. And as a result of this, we continue to incur one crisis after another. In other words, we refuse to transition to the point of even resisting God's change that he's bringing to us and upon us. Allow me to share a testimony with you, which I think it will bear witness to what I'm sharing with you concerning one of the main transitions that I have experienced while living in Zimbabwe and serving the Lord as a businessman. A couple of years prior to our immigrating to South Africa, I sensed the Spirit of God alerting me that major changes were about to come into my life, my family, and my ministry. I sensed by the Spirit that God was giving me a word of wisdom, prompting me to pray more, as well as fast. He showed me that the changes he was bringing into my life were so severe that if I was not prepared both spiritually and mentally to receive them and flow with these changes, I would definitely miss the will of God. Sure enough, I began to practice the word of the Lord and began to pray more I began to add fasting to my prayer, which, of course, through prayer and fasting, I was prepared spiritually and mentally. And by his grace, I was able to step into a whole new season, which led us into South Africa, of course, and into full time ministry. The word of of wisdom that I received from the Lord helped me a great deal and prepared me and ultimately transitioned me into a whole new dimension of ministry. And sometimes I wonder what would have happened to me, to my family, or to the ministry if I did not transition. Definitely I would have missed God, and I believe as a result I would be subjected, subject myself, my family, into untold pain and suffering. Not only that, but I believe my ministry would have dried up and ultimately died. You see, many times we are unable to receive and to hear the word of the Lord. And because of it, we miss opportunities he gives us to transition from one state, from one stage into another. We get distracted. The cares of this world, the Bible says, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things entering our hearts and our minds that that causes the word to be silenced or to be choked and we become unfruitful. The word becomes unfruitful. 
And this is the reason, I believe, that God would allow pain and he would allow suffering to come our way in the hope that our ears begin to hear and receive the preceding word of the Lord. Notice what the Lord said through Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 20 and 21. Very important verse of scripture here. I want you to see that from your own Bible. Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, verse 20 and 21. I'll give you a bit of time so you can find it in your own Bibles. I want you to read that from your own Bible. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Please notice, the Lord says, he gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. Note that adversity and affliction have a way of bringing our teachers to the forefront, causing our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and receive the counsel of the Lord or receive the preceding word of the Lord. This severe crisis we are experiencing, I believe, will help open the ears of many in the church and will enable them to receive a fresh word from the Lord, which will eventually help them to transition into a new season, which will bring much fruitfulness in advancing the kingdom of God. That is my conviction. I am convinced of this beyond a shadow of a doubt. As I have mentioned, many of us are stuck, stuck in our wrong attitudes, our childish ways of thinking, while others are stuck emotionally and are unable to move on from the past hurts and their offenses. They just seem to be stuck in those things. And it's going to take something extraordinary to shake them out of that position where they are in. And, and, and of course, when God opens the ears, we are able to hear, to receive the word of the Lord, the word of wisdom, and move with him. We beginning to make progress and get out of those situations. There is nothing like pain opening up our ears and our eyes to see and discern the word of the Lord. I believe, and I, I've mentioned this before, there is a brand new mindset the Lord is releasing to the church right now through the outpouring of his Holy Spirit in the midst of this crisis, which ultimately will usher us, usher the church into a whole new dispensation. What kind of a mindset is that? I believe it's the mindset 
of the spiritually mature. Let's read and look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. And I'm going to, lead, uh, to read both translations, the New Living Translation, as well as the Amplified Translation. The New Living Translation says in Hebrews 6, verse 1, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. The Amplified Translation says it this way. Therefore, let us get past the elementary stage in the teachings about the Christ, advancing onto maturity and perfection and spiritual completeness. That is the goal of the Holy Spirit, to take us into spiritual maturity and understanding. So this mature mindset or paradigm, I believe will open up new horizons, new opportunities, new platforms, new realities, which will produce much fruit to the glory of God. So what you and I need to do is to ask the Lord to release a fresh word to you, and now word of wisdom in your situation which will enable you to make that crucial transition through the renewed mind. And it's also beneficial if you add fasting to your prayer. Fasting makes you more spiritually alert because you're denying the flesh. You're silencing the flesh and all other voices, and you are more receptive to the voice of the Spirit. You need to wait on Him patiently until we receive that preceding word of the Lord. And another thing, we need to stop complaining and murmuring about possibly the hard times you might be going through and thank God for his word and his mercy towards you. You see, stagnant waters begin to release unpleasant smells. The same thing happens to believers who refuse to grow up who refuse to move on with God and experience new things. The, the, the way of faith is growing and moving from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And, uh, and of course, when you, when you refuse to grow up, you resist any kind of change. You settle. You become a settler, not a pioneer. And you become comfortable and afraid to step out in faith and try new things. I say again, the way we transition is by the preceding word of the Lord, which brings new depths of wisdom and revelation knowledge. We can't change behavior, folks, unless we first change our thoughts. When we change the way we think, our behavior will change. God speaking through Isaiah says in Isaiah 55 verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return void to me, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. In these very words, the Lord revealed to us how he brings our thoughts and ways into alignment with his. He said that just like the rain and the snow come down from heaven, from above, and they water the earth and change the landscape, causing it to bring forth life, even so his word, when he sent to us, they do exactly the same thing in our hearts, in our minds, causing us to prosper and bear fruit for his glory. And another thing, Jesus said man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. Of course, he was not referring to the written word or the written uh, word on pages of the Bible, but he was referring to the living voice of God speaking to us by his breath and spirit, bringing life, bringing wisdom, and whatever else we need at the time. So our prayer should be, send your word, Lord. Send your preceding word of wisdom. And that's my prayer for you today and for all those who patiently wait on the Lord and bring us, Lord, bring us up, bring us through the valley into the mountaintops of your glory and your presence. And only the word of the Lord can do that. Because when God speaks and you're able to hear, together with that word you receive comes the ability or the courage that you need or the faith that you need to step out into a whole new dimension of living, of thinking, and doing. And that is as far as, 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 as what I want to share with you concerning transitioning from one stage into another. And so ask yourself, are you stuck financially? Are you stuck emotionally? Are you unable to move on? Are you stuck spiritually? Where are you stuck? In whatever situation you may find yourself in, God has a word for you. And that word is your salvation, is your deliverance. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So all we need is the word of the Lord, the preceding word of the Lord, the now word of the Lord, the word of wisdom. And so in receiving today the giving of God's people, you know it is our custom that on the first Sunday of every month, we give thanks over the tithes and first fruits and any kind of offering that God's people are giving to the ministry. And in receiving and praying over your giving today, I wanted to take a few minutes and, and share a few thoughts concerning this subject. The Bible says that God's ways, as we've read, are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. In other words, God thinks very differently from the way humans think, 
from the way carnal and worldly people think. We may question God's methods and ways of doing things, but the fact of the matter is that his methods always work. Can you say amen to that? And those of you that I'm looking on the camera, can you raise your hand and say hallelujah, amen to that? God's ways and God's methods, you need to settle that in your heart and mind, always work. God's word has never failed, will never fail. Now take, for example, the story we just covered with Elijah and the widow. Why would God, why would, would the Lord command a struggling window, widow? who was dying of hunger to take care of his prophet? Why didn't he send Elijah to a wealthy place or someone who had more than enough to take care of him? Why send him to a single parent, a struggling widow who didn't have much, who had a last meal and commands that widow to feed the prophet? I mean, logically, there's no, there's no logic in that, no common sense. Now, here's the reason why. First of all, the wealthy didn't need provision. Second, it was the struggling widow that needed to tap into God's resources, God's riches in glory, and receive miraculous, sustainable provision for her and her son. Just like the widow... The church needs to learn how to tap into God's riches in glory, how to tap into God's resources for miraculous and consistent provision, because there is coming a time. And you know, when this crisis is over, when the storm is over, there are, there are many, many houses that will be collapsed, many business that will go down. Many people will lose their jobs. There are many that are going to suffer financially. There is coming a time when this world's economy and financial institutions will collapse. Why? Because it's built on man's wisdom and not on God's wisdom. If we don't learn how to trust God for provision, we will be left without Please take note that the widow was commanded by the Lord to take care of the prophet. The Lord said to Elijah, I have commanded a widow there to take care of you. Now, even so, the church, you see, when you see a widow or a woman in the scriptures is a type of the church. Even so, the church today is commanded by the Lord to financially provide and take care of his servants. That is those who have been set aside to minister the word of God and shepherd his people. We see that very clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1 through 14. You may want to jot these scriptures down and read them during the week in your own personal time of study. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 14. In 1 Timothy also, chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, as well as in Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10. I'm going to give those scripture references once again, in case you missed it. 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, 
verse 1 through 14, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, as well as Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. They clearly reveal that it is the church's responsibility as the Lord commanded the church to take care of his servants. Elijah said to the widow, do not fear. And I believe the same thing is the Lord saying to you and I today. Don't panic. Do not fear. In times such as these, people tend have the tendency to withhold their giving because they are afraid. What's going to happen to me? What if I... What if I give my tithe? What if I pay it? What if I give an offering? What's going to happen to me? And they begin to withdraw in times of crisis. But the word of the Lord said to, to the widow, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. You see, listen to me, folks. Elijah knew something that most of us in the church fail to understand today. He was giving her a whole new way of thinking and doing when it comes to living the way God wants us to live. He said to her, the prophet said to her, me first, and then you and your family. There's a principle there. God is saying to his people today, and throughout the ages, take care of my house first before your own. If you take care of my house first, I will take care of your house. So if we choose to put God first in our finances, no matter how little we may have, no matter how much we struggle financially, and seek first the interests of his kingdom, by taking care of his house and his servants, we will tap into God's riches in glory and we will never again be left without. We will sustain ourselves and our family by the miraculous supply of God's provision. Now, here is one more thought and one more lesson that we can learn. We often look at the poor or those who do not have much as people who should receive the help of those who have much. God, though, looks at the situation very differently. Even though he tells us to help the poor, he also tells the poor and those who do not have much to embrace a new mindset, new way of thinking, and begin to honor God with what they have instead of always expecting to receive and, 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 and always be in a position of receiving rather than placing themselves in a position of giving. And God is telling those who don't have anything. And of course, he's telling those that do have much. His word is for all. Now, I believe that just like the widow did, if those who don't have much they continue to live by this principle. I believe they will not be very poor for long. By their faith, in God's way of thinking and doing, they will transition themselves or deliver themselves 
from poverty into abundance, from poverty into lack. That's what happened to the widow. The Bible says that many, many days they were sustained. How? By a little jar of oil and a little bowl of flour. The prophet, the widow, and her son ate for many, many days. Now, let me say this. We have been throwing money at the poor for so long. And yet we have more poor now than we ever had. Why? Because throwing money at the poor is not going to help them if we don't teach the poor how to honor God. And that is a fact. I mean, millions and billions is plowed into Africa, into the nations of Africa. And we continue to pour money. But pouring money is not going to solve because poverty is a spiritual problem. It's not just the material. It materializes in the natural and physical, but it is a spiritual thing. And you cannot fight spiritual things with natural means. You see, the reason being is that we have not taught them how to honor God, how to give, how to be generous to God and to others. And in conclusion, I want you to see two verses of Scripture, and I want to encourage those, perhaps who have not stepped out in faith because of fear, because of hesitancy. They have not, they have not been tithers. Maybe they have tithed once a while, and then they stopped, and then they started again. In other words, they tithe, but they're not tithers. In other words, they don't practice this principle day in and day out, month in and month out, and they have not been established in that principle. I want to encourage you today by the word of the Lord that you step out in faith and obey the instructions of the Lord. Just like the, the, the widow obeyed the instructions Elijah gave to her. And Elijah, of course, obeyed the instructions the Lord gave him, and he transitioned from one place to another. You see, both the prophet and the widow were obedient to the instructions of the Lord. The two verses I want you to have a look is Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 25 from the New King James Version. Look at that from your own Bibles, please. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Verse 25, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Now, this is God speaking. This is the word of the Lord. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. His word is trustworthy, and I encourage you to put it into practice. And so, in conclusion, I want us to pray over the word before we go into 
communion. And so, and allow that word to, to sink deep in our hearts and in our minds. And first of all, let us thank the Lord for his word. His word is all that we need. Heavenly Father, we are grateful, we are thankful for your precious word, the living word who is none other than Jesus himself. And Jesus said to Martha so long ago, and his words are still as fresh and powerful as they are the day he spoke those words to Martha. He said, Martha, Martha, you worry and are troubled about many things, and yet one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that one thing which shall not be taken away from her, and that is the word of the living God. We are appreciative of your word. And Father, may we become not only hearers of your word, but doers. Practice that word day after day, that we may find the peace, the blessing, and receive all of the inheritance that you've promised through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we thank you for that word today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.